Hello, 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 friends. Welcome to a late night hybrid calisthenics podcast, a late night hybrid calisthenics solo cast, actually. Late night because it's being recorded at, oh, midnight right now. It's not too late. And solo cast because today it is just me, your brother Hampton from Hybrid Calisthenics, with no guest. I do have a long list of guests that I would hope to have on soon. Some very knowledgeable, insightful people that I think you guys can benefit greatly from. However, I would like to spend a few episodes giving my opinion on things that I get asked about a lot. Today's episode will be on motivation. The motivation to live, the motivation to move on, the motivation to become a productive member of society. Obviously, it's a huge topic. I can't cover everything. But again, it is something I get asked about quite a bit. It is something I think about a lot. I've mentioned before that mindset is everything. If you have a terrible outlook, a terrible mindset, I would argue that almost everything else doesn't matter. Sometimes it seems like we have all other parts of our life in order, but if all of that is if all of that is represented by a car, then we look at the car's engine and we look at the steering and we look at all these features that the car has. But mindset isn't even the steering wheel, it's the will to drive. And if we don't have a mindset, then we have nothing at all. We're never going to go anywhere. Most of us know someone like this, someone that in your eyes is born fortunate. Um, Perhaps they were born into a wealthy family. Perhaps they were born with a lot of talent. Uh, Perhaps they just, they have a lot of skills that they can use. Perhaps they have a lot of opportunity and connections. They're very charismatic. And there's always some of these people that don't seem to be getting the most out of their life at least as much as they could. They might be depressed or they may have low self-esteem, but for some reason, other people will look at them and be like, wow, he or she, they have it all. I wonder why they're not doing more with their life. If only I had that, if only I had their amount of luck, their amount of opportunity, I would go so far. And that's true to an extent, but they may very well look at you and think the same thing, especially if you're someone who has a lot of gumption, a lot of drive, and a lot of will to try new things and push yourself and continue to better yourself. If you think of your mindset and motivation as a spark, then you'll see why it's the most important thing. You may look at your own pile of kindling and and tinder and all these logs, and you might see someone who has a much larger pile of wood, enough to make this huge bonfire. But if you don't have that spark, it's never going to grow. Whereas if you have a spark and you start off with a very small wood pile, eventually it's going to grow. Your fire is going to spread. But if you don't have that spark and you don't have that motivation and you don't have that mindset, then you can have the biggest pile of wood in the world and it will never amount to as much as that small spark in that small pile of kindling. Does that make sense? If it does, then perhaps you understand why I like to talk about motivation and mindset and why I think about it so much because it truly is the catalyst for everything else. And from here, the next logical question would be, well, if I don't have what Hampton calls a good mindset, if I don't have that spark, if I seem to always lack motivation to do anything, how can I acquire it? How can I get that? And the simple answer you hear a lot of times is, well, mental discipline is like when you don't feel like doing something, you push yourself and you do it. You have the discipline to go out and accomplish things. You go have the discipline to go out and work even when you don't feel like it. And I agree with that to an extent. Let me be clear. I think discipline is very important. We have to have discipline to do nearly anything. 
But I have a few extra thoughts on that, which I'll bring up in a minute, because I want to mention the idea, this one I believe strongly in, which is that if we give our body the fuel it needs, it is much more likely to operate and act the way we want. And when you get this dialed in, you'll notice you won't need nearly as much discipline to do the things you want. A very simple and easy example is sleep. Some people have a great amount of difficulty to get up and work, especially if they don't have to go to work. You know, the feeling of getting up on Sunday because you have some chores you want to get done. That is very difficult or very easy depending on the amount of sleep that you get. If you give your body the rest and the energy, the sleep that it needs, you won't need nearly as much discipline to wake yourself up. You can get up after two hours of sleep, but you'll often feel miserable and because you're using your discipline to work against your body's own natural desires. But if you sleep enough, you will want to get up and you will want to go do things. You're much more likely to have the energy to do the things you want. So that there is already a very important lesson. Sometimes we kind of chastise ourselves and we are hard on ourselves, especially with sleep. If we don't get up as early as we want, um, even some very happy-seeming people, they might they might yell at themselves internally, like, well, why did I sleep so late? I, I, I'm so lazy. Well, the thing is, you might not be lazy. You just might not be getting the fuel you need to operate the way you want. Your car isn't lazy when it runs out of gas. It just doesn't have gas. From here, we may understand why I think discipline is important, but it is not everything. And we shouldn't use it to compensate for everything else. Discipline is mental strength, in my opinion. And this is a good analogy because if you think of physical strength applied to sports or martial arts, physical strength is very important. However, once our technique improves, we need less strength. And someone who has who is a beginner in a sport or martial art is much more likely to try to use their strength, perhaps in a disadvantageous way, to compensate for their lack of technique. And as we get our technique dialed in, we need less strength. And if we compare our technique there to our actual lifestyle, as in how much we sleep, what we do, what we eat, once we optimize our technique and optimize our lifestyle, we won't need nearly as much mental strength, nearly as much mental discipline in order to have the motivation to do the things we want. So to summarize, before you call yourself lazy or unmotivated, make sure you're giving the body, the vessel in which you live, the fuel it needs to survive, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I know I'm drowning you in metaphors, and there's a metaphor right there, but to compare it to something else, again, before you take your car to the mechanic, first you make sure that it has gas. It might just be out of gas. Moving on, the task that we're trying to do, the task that we're trying to motivate ourselves to do, is also very important. It also plays a big role. You might have the fuel and the desire to do something, but you might just hate doing it. It might not be something that interests you or something that you actively dislike. So the first question we have to ask ourselves is, do we have to do this? Is there another way? Do we have another option? Now, be careful with this because I know a lot of you are thinking of either school or your job. These are things that almost everyone has to deal with at some point in their lives. And sometimes you may be in a bad situation. Other times you may be in a good situation and can't see it. Going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, you could be the friend that your friends look up to and say, well, this person has a great job, a great opportunity. I don't understand why he's not happier. So while we do want to pursue motivation and we do want to pursue happiness, we also don't want to take what we have for granted. So just fair warning there. And having a job, whether you like it or dislike it, 
it does not necessarily preclude pursuing your passion, something that you do like. Because whether it's your job or your career or not, pursuing your passion is one of the biggest unfair advantages you can give yourself over others in any given field or industry. Your passion will sustain you when others are struggling to find the discipline and the motivation to move on. For example, if you just take a random person on the street and you give them the idea of starting a calisthenics brand, a fitness brand, pretty much what I do, and they're tasked with the same things that I am. So making fitness content, answering messages, answering emails, doing podcasts, finding guests, things like that. Now, even if you give this person the same information, the same resources, everything that I have, I'm probably going to outwork them two or three to one. I'm simply far more passionate about calisthenics, fitness, and health than the average person. It's what interests me. And if you gave this person the same working schedule that I have for making content and editing these videos and audio files, they might really feel like they're burning the candle at both ends. They might feel like they lack motivation and they need a lot of discipline to do it. Whereas for me, it's fun. It doesn't take any discipline or hardly any. This is what I mean by letting your passion sustain you and giving you an unfair advantage. And if you align this passion with your work, if you let it be what you do for a living, when you get to that point, then you're on the gravy train. And if you're lucky enough to be good at it, if you have the trinity, so to speak, if you are good at something, you like it, and it's what you do for a living, then you are super likely to be successful, in my opinion. I would bet on you any day of the week. Now, going back a little bit, most of us aren't at this point yet. Most of us don't have this trinity going. Whatever we're doing for a living, uh, it's usually not the thing that we are most passionate at, even if we're good at it. That's, that's a good thing if we're good at our work, but it's not necessarily what we're best at. So you can think of the stereotypical musician, actor, or actress. They have a nine to five job. Now, these people might be fantastic waitstaff or secretaries or whatever they're doing, but I th most of the time, it's not what they're best at. In their case, it would be acting or music. And it's also not what they're most passionate at, which is, again, acting or music. Now, am I telling you to quit your job if it's not your biggest passion? No. <laughs> Let me be very clear. I am not saying quit your job right now to pursue your passion. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, Hampton told me to quit my job as a mechanical engineer and told me to pursue my passion of becoming a Pokemon master. It's not what I'm saying. But you might be able to buckle down and do both. So you can have your 9 to 5 job, and if you are able and you're getting enough sleep from 6 p.m. to midnight, or even part of that, you can pursue your side hustle. Now, that can be a lot of work, even for several years. That's where your discipline comes in. The, the want to do this. You will have the motivation to do your side hustle because it's what you're passionate about, but you definitely will need some discipline to do that day in, day out, perhaps for several years. But once you have that, once you have that trinity of what you're doing as your side hustle and what you're good at and what you're passionate at become your main source of income, the reward that you reap will be great. Because again, you're likely to outwork everyone else. This is your passion and you're going to grow rapidly. Now, this is an example for our career, and those are the examples I used, but a lot of people ask me about motivation to work out, fitness motivation. And both of the things that we've mentioned apply to fitness as well. If we are lacking the drive to get up at the crack of dawn to work out, you may want to consider that you're not getting enough sleep. 
Are you getting the right amount of food? Are you getting good, healthy food and not junk food? When you have this, your body is much more likely to want to move. And from there, the idea of pursuing something that you like and using that passion as a source of motivation still applies. Going to the gym and hiring a personal trainer and working out for two hours a day is not the only way to get fit. Even something like jogging. I like jogging, but again, it's not the only way to get fit. It's not necessarily something we have to do on our path to fitness. Some people love it. Some people find it monotonous. So you may find jogging boring, but you may love playing tennis or skateboarding or rock climbing. And if those things seem too active for you, well, you might like just walking with a friend and gossiping. And if you want to say that you don't have friends, that's okay. A lot of people feel the same way. But depending on where you live, most classes will pair you up with someone and you'll be able to exercise and play with someone and you might really enjoy it. And there are some physical activities that you can do solo. You can learn some dances off YouTube. The point is to find something that you like and build from that. Getting started, that first step, is very important. And it reminds me of a study that I heard about a while ago. And I don't know how to search for it. If it's not real or you think it's not real, then it works just as well as a parable. And in this study slash parable, there were two groups of college students that were placed in the middle of a forest. It wasn't a haunted forest, nothing like that, just a normal forest, and they were assigned to find their way out. Not just find their way out, but find their way to a specific location, find their way back to the college. Now, one group of students was given a map, and the other group was not. Here's the kicker. The map was wrong. It did not take them to the college. It was drawn incorrectly on purpose. So they were put in the middle of this forest, and the event began. The first group of students to reach the college would win. So the group with the map took off right away because, well, they thought they knew exactly where to go. And the other group stayed behind and planned. So both groups eventually made it back to the college. But who do you think won? Who do you think got there first? It may surprise you to know that it was the group of students with the wrong map. So while their map initially led them the wrong way, they soon found out that it was not accurate and it would not take them where they wanted, so they began trying new things. Through trial and error, they eventually got to their destination. Now, they weren't necessarily better navigators or better trackers, nothing like that. The other group of students had just spent so much time assigning leaders and coming up with plans and backup plans that they lost a head start they would have gotten when the other group started going the wrong way. Now, I'm not telling you not to plan because good planning is very important, but people kind of hide behind planning to hide their fear. Their fear of failure, because if they're just planning and they stay forever planning, then there's no chance of failure because they haven't started. Once they begin and they try their first thing, their first hypothesis, their first plan that they've taken forever doing, then they're up in the air, so to speak, and there's a real chance in their minds of crashing and burning. The revelation then is that the crashing and burning, the failure, is just part of the path. Metaphorically speaking, of course, try to avoid actual crashing and burning. It can be kind of dangerous. But in most cases, we gain valuable experience and knowledge from those failures, and then we have a better idea of where to go. Even if our map led us to wrong area, we know it's wrong now and we can try starting new things. And we have still gotten a large head start on people who have spent a long time planning only to start, and they may end up going the wrong way anyway. 
So our final question for the night is: What is the first step that we can take if we don't know where to start? Where do we start? Well, for motivation, a great thing is reaching out and helping someone else. Some of the things that we aren't motivated to do for ourselves by ourselves, we would very easily do for someone else. This could be exercising with a friend to help keep them healthy, researching healthy recipes that you can try with a friend, helping a friend find their passion and developing their side hustle. We usually learn from these experiences, and we end up doing things and learning things that we never would have done and learned. Had we only focused on ourselves, so I hope all of that made sense. I hope some of that made sense. If some of it made sense, I'll consider it a success. Again, motivation is a huge topic. There have been many books, many videos, many articles written about it, and if we wanted to, we could talk about it for a very, very, very long time. So please let me know what you think. Let me know if there are any other aspects you'd like for me to cover, and we can make multiple videos on this. There is no worry, then there is no hurry. In that sense, this is your brother Hampton from Hybrid Calisthenics, and we'll talk soon. Talk soon.